trust and know that he is with us. Amen, amen. God is wanting to build some faith in this place this morning. I believe it in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen, amen. So this morning, um, I want to start from the book of Daniel. It's chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. And it goes like this. Verse 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner. They said this, If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set before us. And so this morning, for the next few minutes, I just want to speak from the thought, if it be so, if it be so, you may be seated. So there is a personality test out there that's pretty popular, seems to be popular, it's called the Enneagram. Those of you may have heard of it. If not, there is a specific, um, on this test, I would be considered a number six. I'm not sure, well, I do know a little bit of what it means, but my wife tells me really all the ins and outs of all this, but I guess it means a loyalist or a questioner. And so one of the traits of this particular personality is we like to be prepared for problems or challenges. And so, um, I'm not saying it works every time, I'm not saying I'm always prepared, but we just like to try to be prepared. And so usually, for example, when I walk into a room, the question does cross my mind, if this certain situation happened, what would I do? And so for example, I go into a restaurant, um, and, and when I walk in, uh, I'm instantly, I'm kind of examining my surroundings. I try to sit where I'm facing the door so that I can see who is walking in and out of this restaurant. Um, I try to see how many exits there are. You know, I mean, I feel like most people, a lot of people think this way, just as a general, but then it starts to ramp up a little bit. And then I'm thinking, you know, if I'm not by an exit, Am I by a wall that maybe I can hide behind? Um, and then I start to look at the tables. I'm like, you know, are they bolted to the ground or can I move them? And then I think, I, as I walk up to the table, and I do this sometimes, not all the time, it's, it's sad, I'll kind of bump the table a little bit. I just want to see how heavy it is, just in case I have to flip the table. You know, I'm just thinking, you know, what would Jesus do? That's all I'm thinking. And so, you know, these, these are things that everyone thinks about. Am I right? Or, you know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. But I'm thinking, you know, if someone comes in here with a weapon, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? And then I'm looking around. I'm thinking, you know, what's the closest thing that I can grab so that I can attack, attack them? Then I'm thinking, should I actually attack them in this moment? Am I close enough to even be able to do that? Or is it safer to move away? Um, but usually I'm thinking of these life or death situations. And you know, I'm not a weirdo about it. You know, I don't just walk in, I'm just like kind of eyeing everyone down, just seeing what's going on. No, I just walk into a place, it happens within, you know, 20, 30 seconds. I'm not saying it will save me, but you just never know what will happen. 
And that's what I tell my wife all the time. You never know. And so I like to think of it as it's, it's always good to at least try to be prepared for something just in case something happens. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in our scripture, they said, if it be so, our God will save us. But if not, we still will not worship or bow down to your gods. So I really wonder what they were thinking that day. Could it have been, you know, this is the day that we are going to die? Or this is the day that my flesh is going to burn off and I'm going to die forever in a furnace? Uh, could they have been thinking about, were they, were they prepared for this? I mean, really, when you think about the scripture and what was leading up to this, Daniel, their buddy, had just interpreted a dream for King Nebuchadnezzar. And this wasn't just a regular dream. This wasn't an ordinary This was one that he had not told anyone. He kept it to himself. And what he wanted is he wanted all the wise men to be able to interpret and tell him what this dream was without them actually even knowing it. And he said, if you don't get this right, I'm going to kill you. It's that simple. And I'm not only going to kill you, he said, I'm going to make your house a dunghill. It's pretty nasty. And so what happened is, you know, these wise men of Babylon, they start talking and they're like, this is this is impossible. There's no, we just, we can't do this. And so they talk to the king and they say to the king, no king has ever requested something like this. This is just too much to ask for us. And so uh, being the king that he is, he got super emotional and he gets really mad. And then he sends out a decree that, you know what, just because you guys are complaining about me trying to give you an opportunity to show how wise you are, I'm just going to kill you all. I don't even care. Just get rid of you. And Daniel finds this out. And he's like, whoa, wait, wait a second. You know, these, these people do not represent me. You know, I represent myself, okay? I can speak for myself. He's like, just give me a few, mo give me a few days, give me some time, and I'm gonna come up with this interpretation. And now at this point, I would probably say Daniel's sweating some bullets because he's like, oh my goodness, I have, I, I have to get this dream right. I have to do this correct or I'm going to die. And so what does he do? He prays to God. He prays that God would reveal to him this dream. And sure enough, God comes through with the correct interpretation. And right here, as I'm reading this story, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you know, isn't it great? Isn't it amazing that we serve a God that's always prepared? And what I mean by this is even before this moment where Daniel was needing to pray, where he was needing to interpret this dream, God had been preparing all of them. God had a plan. When we look at Daniel chapter 1, verse 17, it says, As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. God had already given them favor. God wasn't caught off guard when this decree was sent out. And so everything's working out. It's pretty nice. Daniel, he, uh, he tells the dream, then he interprets the dream correctly. The king promotes Daniel, and then Daniel promotes his friends. And so everything is going smooth. It's going maybe as, as good as they hoped it would go. And you would think, that if the Hebrew boys didn't want to bow down to this idol, 
especially after, so Daniel interprets his dream. He, uh, he, he tells the correct dream. And King Nebuchadnezzar acknowledges, he says, your God is the God of God. So he is already declaring this. You would think after all of this happening, that if they did not want to bow down to this idol, they wouldn't have to. But that wasn't the case. See, the king said he would throw them in a fiery furnace if they did not bow. And they said, if it be so, if God allows this to come to pass, our God will save us. But if he doesn't, then we will still not worship your God. See, I can hear the spiritual authority beginning to rise in their voices saying, our God will save us. But if he doesn't, then it's for the best. What those three Hebrew boys were declaring that if God doesn't come through like we thought he would, we won't give in. If things don't end up like we want it to happen, we will keep pressing forward. We will keep worshiping our God, the God of gods. They were saying if God doesn't save us, we still completely trust him because he has never failed us. See, there was this spiritual warrior rising within them. And I, I can just, in this moment, I can see the image of David standing over Goliath running through their mind saying, if he was able to come up against something like that, I think we can stand our ground. I could see a shift happening in their lives in that moment. And hear me out, it wasn't this, uh, if, you know, if, if God saves us, or if God doesn't save us, then I, I, I guess it's okay, I guess, you know, that, that is his will. And, and I'm not saying anything is wrong with that mentality, but there was a shift in their mentality. Because I can recall even countless of times in my life where I've, where I've said this to myself. I've kind of prayed this, you know, God, you are a healer. I know you can heal, heal but if you don't, then I guess, you know, that, that's, your, that's your will, your God, you, you know what you're doing. And that's not wrong, because when we look at the Bible, we can realize that God's, God's will is beyond ours. His thoughts are beyond our thoughts. In Isaiah chapter 55, 8 through 9, it says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your, your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Clearly, God is in control. God, God sees the ultimate picture, and so we can trust in his will. But hear me this morning. You may be at a crossroads. You may be at a point in your life where maybe your trust is wavering a little bit. Some situations out of your control have happened that you, that you, just, you don't see the final outcome. Circumstances don't look good. Maybe you're here this morning and you think, you know, this is just how life is. I've spent years dealing with this over and over. This is just how it is, I guess, and I'm done trying to change. I'm done trying to pray for this. Maybe there's a lost loved one that has been, they've been gone for a while. And you're thinking, you know what? I guess they're just set in their ways. They're not going to come back. They're not going to even have a relationship with you. It is what it is. Maybe you're at that point this morning. The outcome looks to be in the enemy's favor. But I'm here to remind someone this morning that if it be so, whatever the Lord wills in our lives, let a shift begin to happen in your life. If God comes through, you can say, I'll praise him. But if he doesn't, you can continue to say, I'll praise him. 
My faith won't waver. If he comes through, I will worship him because he is good. He is good. But if he doesn't, then I'm going to lift up his name and I'm going to trust in him because God is still good. You see, these three Hebrew boys, they had made it up in their mind a long time ago that when times get tough, when the situation gets a little difficult, I'm not going to blame it on God. I'm not going to use his will as a crutch to just continue to float through this situation. But I'm going to run to God, for he is a shelter in a time of need. He is that strong tower. They said, if it be so, whatever God allows to happen, we will not bow and we will keep serving God. And so the king, in this moment, he doesn't like that response. He says, you know what? I'm going to call your bluff. You think you serve an almighty God, I'm going to put it to the test. He says, just to show how powerful I am, I'm going to heat that stove seven times hotter than what I had it. And then I'm going to get the strongest men to bind you and throw you fools in the furnace. The king was mad. He's super emotional in this moment. And so just as the three boys hit the bottom of that furnace, something changes. You see, there was a shift going on in the supernatural realm. There was a shift going on within them spiritually. But in that moment, a shift happened in the natural realm. See, the Bible says in Daniel chapter 3, verse 24 through 26, says this, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they all answer and say, yeah, that's exactly what we did. And the king answers with this, I see four men loosed. And they're not just loose, but they are walking around. Didn't we bind them? But now they're walking around and there isn't just three there is four in there. And the fourth, they said, is, he said, is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Once again, declaring that God was the Most High. See, that's the God that we that is here this morning in this place. One that's prepared. One that has a plan. A God that will walk in the fire with you. A God that gives you hope. That if you say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear because thy rod and thy staff, it comforts me. A God that became flesh and dwelt among us. And what I like about this is that he wasn't a God that just, he, he became flesh. He wasn't a God that just put on this flesh that robed himself in flesh as if it was some kind of coat, as if he came down, you know, puts on this flesh, but he's, you know, he's just, he's God walking around in this, you know, this flesh-like coat, and then at the end of all this miracle, he's like, ta-da, takes off the coat, he's like, here I am, I'm the Lord, I'm your Savior. No, what he did is he became flesh. He took on the experience. He took on the pressure he experienced the pain. He experienced the trials. And see, even when I begin to think about this, in that moment as he's dying on the cross for our sins, a man, a God that knew no sin. He was tempted, 
But he did not partake in sin. He did not sin. He was perfect. And in one moment, took on all the past, all the present, all the future sins to come. In that one moment, took that crushing weight. He experienced that. He was a God that experienced our pain. And he did that so you could rest confident in the words, if it be so. If he wills this to pass, if I go through these trials, if I face this pain, if I face this ridicule, if I face this pressure, I know you're there. I know I can overcome this because I've seen you overcome this. I've read about you overcoming this. I know I can press toward the mark because you are a God that would never leave me nor forsake me. David said it like this in Psalms Chapter 139, verse 7 through 8. He said, Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into the heavens, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. See, David, he asked, Is there any place that I can go that God won't be there? And he responds, no. There is no place that I can go. God is everywhere. God is always with you. Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians 3, uh, verse 16. says, know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth within you? He asked this question because he's trying to get trying to get the church of Corinth to remember that God made a promise that he wouldn't leave or forsake us. God made a promise that he would dwell within you. When God began, when he ascended, he said, you know what? I'm not just going to leave you comfortless, but I'm going to allow my Holy Spirit to dwell within you. God made that promise. So as the musicians come, as they make their way up here this morning, and I come to a close. When I think of a group of people this size, um, I, I can confidently say that as, I, as we can recall 2023, uh, it, it's probably been filled with a lot of good. But I can say that it's also been filled with a lot of sorrow. It's been filled with a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. I can confidently say that it's been filled with promotions, but it's also been filled with job loss. I can confidently say that new lives have been born in the year 2023, but lives have also been lost. People have drawn closer to God, but people have fallen away. See, when I look at 2023, it is just a few hours from being in the past. The entire year, everything that's happened in the year, just a few hours from being in the past. And we may not know what 2024 holds, what it has in store, but one thing I can guarantee for every one of us, for this church, is that the kingdom of God, the church will continue to move forward. So I wonder, as we move into this upcoming year, 2024, if there would be a shift in our lives, if there would be a shift in this church. You see, it wasn't just that the three Hebrew boys were just taking a stand for their God, but they had decreed it within their hearts. 
the words of Joshua, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. I am going to serve the Lord. It was more than just uttering the words. Saying that, you know, whatever happens, whatever God allows, you know, it'll happen, of course. More than just saying that, they allowed their action. And they said that God will save us. And we're going to continue to walk into this fire. And even if he doesn't save us, we know that God is in control. They aligned their actions with what they were saying. See, we can say that we are Christians. But what are our actions displaying? So nowadays, most people will claim that they are Christian while their actions show otherwise. I've heard it said like this. If you were put on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? So hear my heart this morning. This question gives you pause. When you take a look back over your life, when you look back over this past year, if this question gives you some pause, maybe it's time to reevaluate and realign yourself with the things of God. So as we stand this morning, my altar call is pretty simple. I believe God has been, God has, has been speaking to us through worship today that, that he is wanting to build our faith, that there needs to be a shift in our lives, a shift in this church. And so my altar call is simple. If you're able to, I wonder this morning if we can begin to gather around up to the front, but I want you to gather with your families. Go find your loved ones. Um, and if, I know we all can't, you know, all of us be in the front, but you can make your way in the aisles. Um, but I want you to make where you're at uh, an altar. So grab your family members. And if you do see that there's someone that doesn't, there are some people here that their families in here, maybe they're out of, families out of state. Maybe they're going to, uh, they're at college right now and they're staying here for winter break. Um, and so their families are in another state. I want you to bring them in. If they're okay with it, bring them into your family. Because really at the end of the day, we are all a part of the body of Christ. We are all the, the sanctuary family and we need each other. And thinking about that, could those, could those Hebrew boys have stood their ground alone? Absolutely, they could have done it. But I bet you they were happy that each one of them was standing side by side and they were all declaring that if it be so, they gained confidence in that moment. So as we close out 2023, Moms and dads, I want you to pray for your kids. Raising kids, I understand it's not easy. I have an eight month and a three year old. There are challenges that come along the way. Having teenagers, I don't have them, but they are challenging. And we all can relate. We were all teenagers once. It can be a challenge, but pray for your kids. Kids, pray for your parents. Your moms and dads, they love you. They appreciate you. They want the best for you. So pray for them, that God would guide them. Grandparents, pray for your families. We all need your prayers. And I know I named some, I put some labels on people, but really just the sanctuary in general, all the saints, we need each other. I cannot do this without you. You cannot do this without me. We need the body of Christ together. 
So let it be known by the people of the sanctuary, whatever happens in 2024, if it be. Trials come, we will serve the Lord. So I wonder if you uh, would declare that in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your struggle, it is well with my soul. I may not see the end result, but I'm gonna put my trust in you. I wonder as we begin to pray and lift up the name of Jesus, if we would speak a victorious prayer over our family, if we would speak a victorious prayer over our church. God, I thank you for who you are, Lord. I thank you that you are always with us, God. And as I go out of this year and move into 2024, I pray a blessing, God. I pray and I speak confidence over our lives. I pray your will be done, God, and that we walk in that will, God. That we have that prayer that whatever happens, God, we're going to continue to proclaim your name. We're going to continue to call your name, God. And if trials come, we are going to call your name. Thank you, Jesus, for that confidence.